0: So, uh, Quinn Hatton, welcome to the share chair. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. It was an honor to be asked. Such a prestigious <laughs> honor. <laughs> and I think that the whole idea around um, podcasts and, and stuff like that is very beneficial to you know, wherever you are. It's uh, I listen to them, uh, car rides. I mean, I love TED Talks. and It's kind of a thing. Actually, to, to be completely honest, I kind of started um, listening to TED Talks. Um, it was half you, half my mother, actually. My my mom is, like, she listens to podcasts when she goes to bed, and, and I've always kind of been interested in kind of... Controversial topics and and uh, when we uh, when I was in your class uh, last year uh, we did a lot of TED talks and it got me kind of interested in education especially for me being a dyslexic um, it's kind of been in my own interest to kind of dive down deep and see you know what's the best for me and and what is uh, you know out there to you know kind of accommodate me and it's not that I've not had a good time at Spring Lake I've had a great time at Spring Lake and I love Spring Lake and and uh, you know a lot of people have done. So much for me and I don't discredit that. It's just uh, that um, I'm always looking for new things to kind of better myself and I think that you know listening to those TED talks and listening to the professionals and thinking about it is really interesting. Yeah. So in some kind of idealistic Quinn world what's the value system I mean what are the priorities that that really should be looked at first? Um, Obviously, intelligence is important, and I and I don't think that, like, getting a college degree is a bad thing. I think it's a great thing, but um, people need to stop uh, kind of being ultra-competitive and, and really greedy, I think. It's uh, kind of centered around greed, how um, the, more, uh, the more education you have uh, statistically, you make the most money. And when you really think about it, if you think of the most successful people out there, they didn't do it alone. They had collabor- collaborations with so many different people. Yeah. It's uh, there's always many people behind something really, really brilliant. Can talk about that so that people understand what that collaboration was. Sure. Um, let's see. About the start of my junior year. Kelvin uh, Baker a uh, good friend of mine that now goes to interlocking arts Academy and uh, if he ever listens to this hello <laughs> we miss you here and uh, he got a few friends together and uh, started this film club and, and it kind of just grew into this uh, basically us uh, just having a good time and and then it uh, kind of snowballed into some work for us and uh, me, Sid, and Calvin uh, got some paid deals, and and from there it, it just it worked so organically. And the basis of it was really just uh, making something that we were uh, that we would laugh at because you know Me, Sid, and Calvin make each other laugh all the time, and we were like, "What would be funny?" And and uh, we just write it up on the board and and, and make it. And um, early in the interview uh, about dyslexia. Yeah. Um. I'll I'll start. Uh, Back in, uh, say the best uh, when I really started to notice it was uh, was second grade and and um, I kind of was uh, just falling behind in reading and I I, I was never uh, a kid to you know not do my work and I was very uh, driven and and uh, was a really good student in every other area except for reading and uh, and this is no you know, shots at the school system, but the school system saw my uh, other grades and were very convinced that only just putting me in like a host environment where I just needed extra help Uh, I don't know what what it was or they didn't know what it was just it'll come with time is basically what they were saying to me is that um, we don't know why he's not getting it like his classmates are Um, you're obviously way above average in every other place, you're just Having some difficulty some with reading, so they would take me out of recess and they would take me out of my gym classes to put me in a room and and uh and say, "You know you'll do extra reading and it made me furious as a young kid not having any recess and and not having um you know just basic interactions with other kids and being forced to do something that was very very difficult um kind of ruined the experience and then my mom and my dad just kind of said you know." 'll we'll, we'll do our our part and and see what 's going on here and um, I kind of rid uh, rode by the edge of my seat and on my on my wit until about seventh and eighth grade where I hit this wall where I just could not progress and i couldn 't you know we just didn 't know why and uh, eventually um, it was time, and the argument of it 'll come with time it was you know kind of done, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> they put me through uh, some testing in the grand rapids and and uh, I was diagnosed with dyslexia and ADD. Um, honestly, it wasn't surprising, but more uh, more or less, it was a relief to me to know that I wasn't, you know, just I don't know, not getting it for reasons. It, it, it's I was trying like really, really hard to uh, um, to do these things and. It, uh, I don't know, it it was more a relief Mm -hmm. than anything uh, to see that. And then from there, uh, kind of had this whole (laughs) social, not social, but uh, emotional reconstruction uh, of understanding and kind of having to cope with it was um, really hard for a while. And then uh, we decided to uh, do tutoring. Uh, I, I did tutoring after school four days a week for an hour and a half and uh, it was I was basically uh, being taught how to read as a dyslexic and kind of uh, pick out where my strengths were when I had to read what was I good at and what was I like what did I need work on and and this tutor name is Nancy Meekoff uh, lives in the area and she helped me kind of uh, I don't know just re relearn how to read uh, in my own unique way, and uh, ever since then, I've done pretty well. Yeah, is it, is it slow and is it tedious? Oh, yeah, it is. It's you know, uh, I definitely uh, have to work a little bit harder than the average person to get you know some of the simplest things done. Is it frustrating? Yeah, but you know, I, I've already you know kind of gotten over it and kind of accepted it and and kind of tried to spin it in a positive way to say, you know, this is giving me a work ethic like no other, and and it's really kind of been a defining moment for me. It shaped who I am, and I'm glad I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I I, uh, I don't, I'm not bitter about it. It's just the way it is, and you, you got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. just kind of go with it. <laughs> what are the... Tasks that are harder for than like for a dyslexic dyslexic person than for not dyslexic. Um, it's just predominantly reading. It's mm-hmm. uh, and as you go into college and upper levels of high school, you read a lot. And AP I'm taking AP history right now, and oh my goodness, <laughs> it's all it's all been a big juggling game my entire high school career, mm-hmm. and it's been really tough. But I uh, I don't know I have always had this drive to kind of do the best I can. I don't when when I look at a page, and sometimes it's you know really bad, and sometimes it's not. It actually depends uh, somewhat. Uh, I do better with some fonts uh, better than others, and uh, some just really weird te- technicalities uh, like the size of the letters. It's just um, when I'm when I'm reading through a page, and, and uh, uh, I start to pick up the pace here, and and uh, like start to hit like a reading stride, like the the letters will switch around and um, when I'm doing math it'll it'll be the same way. If I'm looking at a long equation, I'll uh, switch the letters and numbers around. Your dyslexia and chess shaped you or formed (laughs) you. (laughs) So uh, how does chess form you and shape you? Um, I started playing chess when I was in second grade, just out of curiosity. I rolled into the Jeffers Library and uh, a man named Joe Singerling, who no longer works here, I love that guy, uh, lives in Muskegon, does a lot of charitable stuff now, but he uh, taught me how to play the game long ago, and ever since then I've been playing at a competitive level, and I think now that I'm kind of old enough to, uh, to realize uh, the community and realize the whole picture here, uh, chess is something that is so beneficial to anybody who wants to learn or is a long time player it gives people a sense of community and it teaches core values core values in the way that learning from mistakes is is, is one of the biggest things in life that uh, you know, needs to be learned at a, a, a young age and to be completely honest, I lost a hundred plus games before I won once mm. before I won one game and right. it, it teaches you uh, to be very disciplined and if you had any like piece of general advice for high schoolers, chess players, someone who's going mm-hmm. through um, something like dyslexia or yep. that sets them apart and they struggle through what would it be <sighs> man uh, I, w- I would say that learning from your mistakes and and having the courage or finding the courage um, to get back up and keep going is is so important and uh, know that failure is is just a part of life, and what you do with your failures, learning from them is what will essentially make you a uh, a better person <laughs> High school is tough and and uh, give yourself some slack sometimes it's it's uh, it, It's a tough environment sometimes mm-hmm. awesome. but Thanks, Thanks Quinn Hatton. Thanks yeah. for being on the Share Chair, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Share Chair. Stay tuned next week for a new one. Also, check us out on Facebook and Twitter for regular updates at the Share Chair. And if you're interested in having a piece of your writing or an experience shared on the podcast, contact Elise McGannon at 203 at SpringLakestudents.org.